the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. So, um, who's paying the bills? I'm sure you've noticed that some of your favorite restaurants and other businesses are either cutting back their hours or maybe shutting down completely, uh, you know, because they can't find enough people to work. And two weeks ago, I think I might have said this on the air, there was a sign on the door of one of my favorite restaurants that said, closed Monday and Tuesday, and explained the reason was not enough staff. And this is a restaurant that had been open for seven days a week for almost 30 years, by the way. Now, I know of other places that have put signs on the door asking people to have patience with slower service because they are understaffed and there's nothing they can do about it. So my question is, how do the people who used to staff these jobs eat? How do they pay the rent? Did they all get better jobs? Are all the cooks uh, cooking and there are no more cooks available because they went into a different career? So how are people getting money for not working and where's that money coming from? And how much longer are they going to be able to collect it? In our second half hour, I'll have a research fellow for economic policy from the Heritage Foundation to try to explain some of this. A lot of people owning businesses might want to hear it, but something's going on out there and I have a I don't know, sneaking suspicion that the government is the problem. We'll see. And uh, speaking of the government, coming up after the break, I will have someone here to tell you about a job that you're not going to believe pays more than a half a million dollars a year. And it's a government job. And there are hundreds of people making over $200,000 a year for doing this, and you are helping to pay for it. We'll also let you know about a party for really rich, really bad people in Switzerland that you paid for. Adam Angievsky of OpenTheBooks.com will be here. Stick around. When it's time to replace your roof, siding, gutters, and downspouts, entry doors, and, of course, windows, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwall. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for all your exterior home projects. Why pay double with some other companies? Windows R Us will always give you the best price on the best in-class products, backed by the best warranties in the industry, all with zero sales pressure. And speaking of zero... Right now, get zero interest financing for 12 months and no processing fee with prices set to increase on all exterior products. Lock in your quote today. Schedule a free estimate and inspection today at windowsarustpittsburgh.com. You've tried the rest, now try the best. windowsarustpittsburgh.com. Your spouse has said your marriage is over, and they're ready to walk out the door. So where does that leave you? Hi, I'm Dr. Jovine, founder of Marriage Helper. We've helped thousands of couples in this exact situation. We want to share with you the things you can do right now to start turning this crisis around. If you're somebody who's lying in bed, sobbing yourself to sleep because your husband has left you or walked out on you or your wife has left you and you think, oh, well, this is it now. It's not it. There is hope. We're going to teach you the three things you need to start doing immediately to get your spouse back. If your marriage is in crisis, you're not going to want to miss this special Save My Marriage event happening on lovestories.com. Sign up today for the free Save My Marriage mini course, premiering May 27th on lovestories.com. That's lovestories.com. Dr. Gorka here, and you know me. I am very cynical about products, especially those that claim to help people suffer. 
suffering from pain. So when I tell you that Relief Factor truly works, I want you to know that I mean it. I suffered from a stiff lower back for almost a decade, one so painful it made it difficult to kneel in church on Sundays. When I finally decided to give Relief Factor a try, I didn't ever imagine that I would find myself free of the pain. But that's what happened. Now I take Relief Factor every day. Almost 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it worked for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick start for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. Today, the majority of children have already been exposed to pornography by age 11. Even though most of this is accidental, this exposure can have disastrous consequences for their mental health and future well-being. If you want to protect your child and set them up to have healthy relationships, you need Canopy. Canopy is the most effective technology on the planet for blocking pornography. Canopy's app uses artificial intelligence to identify and filter explicit content on every website. It can do this in milliseconds and is 99.9% accurate. While other apps block entire pages, Canopy is the only tool that filters within websites, plucking out explicit images and videos before they appear. Its image scanning technology also prevents users from taking and sending sexts. The Internet is awash in pornography, but your kids don't have to see it. Head on over to canopy.us forward slash protect to start your 30-day free trial. Enter the promo code PROTECT and get 15% off the regular price for life. There's nothing like hearing the songs you love on local radio with no subscriptions and no monthly fees. But there's a new bill in Congress that could stop the music. If passed, this bill would tax your local radio station simply to play the music you love. Text LOCAL to 52886 and ask Congress to support local radio stations. Help us keep you connected to the music, local news, weather, and traffic that you need each day. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. Have you ever thought you'd like to buy and sell houses but didn't know how or where to get the money? My name is Ron Legrand, and over the past 40 years, I've bought over 3,000 houses without using my money or credit and taught thousands to do the same. Today, even in a virtual environment, we buy nice houses and nice neighborhoods using no banks, realtors, contractors, or other costly entanglements, and build huge cash flow and wealth without the hassle of tenants, all without credit and little or no money. You don't need a license or experience, and I'll show you exactly how it's done. Text RON to 99799, and I'll send you my free training. I promise I'll change the way you think about real estate and open the door to a new lifestyle that doesn't involve risk or rehabs and can quickly replace your current income. Text RON to 99799 and let me show you how to take your life back and build cash flow and wealth from your home. That's RON to 99799. Again, text RON to 99799. This is the John Stackerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. You know a kid who's looking for a job that pays well and includes a lot of time, you know, sitting around on the beach, the place to call is uh, Los Angeles County. And this job pays, by the way, up to $500,000 a year. That's right, a half a million bucks, and taxpayers are paying for it. Adam Andrzejewski knows all about taxpayer money being wasted. He's the founder of OpenTheBooks.com, and he joins us now. Adam, always good to have you on. Thanks for coming on. Great to be on the program, John. Thanks for having me on. So I'll let you tell everybody what this job is out there in L.A. that pays a half a million dollars a year. Well, top-paid Los Angeles County lifeguards earned up to $510,283 last year. And at OpenTheBooks.com, that's our organization. We're government watchdogs, and we are putting Baywatch on Paywatch. Yeah, well... um, I can remember when people were just stunned when baseball players, you know, when they when free agency first came along 25, 30 years ago, and longer than that maybe, but when they started paying baseball players a half a million dollars a year, major, major pro athletes, people were shocked that somebody could get that kind of money. These, these are lifeguards, you're not kidding, making a half a million dollars a year. 
I mean, who knew that a lifeguard in Los Angeles County, Baywatch, you know, they made the television show about these lifeguards, the movie Baywatch about these lifeguards. Who knew that you could actually work in the sun, the ocean surf, the golden sands of California, and reap such an unbelievable financial reward? So, you know, two years ago, I was on your program. We talked about the $392,000 L.A. County lifeguard, and we thought that was a lot of money. And I got... I got a lot of press on that, I have to say. Not only your program, John, but I did the Wall Street Journal with my op-ed. They published it, my, uh, my column at Forbes. It, it was national and international news that a lifeguard in California could make 392000 Fast forward two years, last year in 2021, that top-line number is up to 510000 And there's 98 of them that made more than 200000 there's 30 of them that made more than 300000 all the way up to a half million dollars for being a lifeguard. And you have the guy's name, the, the, the guy who made the most money. So you're not just looking at um, faceless figures. It's a guy named Daniel Douglas made $510,283 last year. And he made $240,000 an in overtime. Yep. How many hours you over the last six years, John, over the last six years, he has made nearly one million dollars worth of overtime alone. His total cash, his total compensation from 2016 through 2021. So a six year period, he made two point three five million dollars and it's paid for, you know, and here's the here's the thing. It's a national story because in the American Rescue Act, you and I, through Congress, every Democrat voted for it, every Republican voted against it. But the American Rescue Act ended up, quote-unquote, bailing out Los Angeles County to the tune of $1.9 billion. So it's you and I paying the freight for these lifeguards. Yeah, uh, that's the thing that people don't – sometimes they forget that they hear stories like this and they think, uh, boy, that's bad. I'm glad I don't live there. But they don't understand that they are paying for it because it's so much of this is federally – so, uh, federal federal stupidity subsidized. Exactly. And it's, look, the overtime is out of control. We identified 37 of those lifeguards. They made between 50 grand and 247,000 in overtime alone last year in 2021. So this is a current story. This is current taxpayer money to the tune of hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars going out the door for the LA County lifeguard corps. They watch. Now, see, I try to picture there's someone there's someone in charge of payroll at the county, you know, and 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 you know, speaking of opening the books, and someone is sitting there, some elected official, uh, possibly uh, controller or somebody like that, is looking at that and saying, "Okay, I see, we paid a lifeguard a half a million dollars last year." And then, well, they just write it down, then go off to lunch. They don't. Nobody, nobody is. Nobody's attention is raised by that, or nobody says maybe we ought to question that a little bit. So, at OpenTheBooks.com, we believe transparency changes everything. And so, last year we filed forty-seven thousand Freedom of Information Act requests and captured in our database. It's all uh, displayed at our website for free. Anyone can surf the information for free. You can see who is making how much for what unit of government everywhere, federal, state, and local across the entire country. We captured 25 million public employee salaries last year, and we run, we run programs, you know, special artificial intelligence programs up against our database to flag everyone making more than a half million. Well, I got to tell you, it's an easy flag when the job title comes up as lifeguard. It's just unbelievable. Ah, now... Uh, you said there were 98 lifeguards just in L.A. County. This is just L.A. County, right? That's right. But if you look at L.A. County, even versus the other lifeguard jurisdictions across the entire state of California, L.A. County is an outlier. They pay their lifeguards much more than anybody else, even in California. Now, when we looked across the country at the job title of lifeguards, the highest paid across the country were in the states of Florida and New York. Now, in Florida, the lifeguards make way too much money. The top guy made 118000 last year. <laughs> it's not like a half million in California. 
In New York City, they make way too much money. They made 168000 That was the top paid lifeguard in the city last year. Uh, it's not like California at all. California in L.A. County is a complete outlier. These lifeguards, you know, there needs to be reform. No question. But as a, but the, you said there were 98 of them out there who made over 200000 Um Before you blew the whistle on this, was this covered by anybody in the L.A. media, and has it been covered by the L.A. media since you blew the whistle on it? Well, it has. We've been, I've, uh, you know, the story has aired on local ABC, NBC, and Fox affiliates in Los Angeles. It's aired on local radio in Los Angeles. L.A. Magazine uh, covered it in a nice piece. So, yes, it's getting some, it's getting some good coverage locally, um, and it's getting good coverage nationally. You know, thanks to your platform here, John, and, and others across the country, Matt Drudge and the Drudge Report, they ran it for 30 hours. Uh, we, uh, Matt, even National Public Radio on their Marketplace Morning Edition ran the story. Uh, and hopefully tonight on News Nation, I'm going on Ashley Banfield's uh, program in primetime on the network. That's good. but And you would think if, if $510,283 for a lifeguard doesn't get people's attention, what will? I mean, how much well, more ridiculous like can it get? that's why I like the story so much. That's why I like the story so much. Like, everyone, everyone always asks the question, you know, what can I do and when should I stand up? Well, raise your voice and stand up now. The lifeguards in L.A. County are making a half million dollars. We're talking to Adam Angievsky. He's the uh, founder, CEO of OpenTheBooks.com. Now, you you mentioned that uh, we, because of the American Rescue Plan, people listening to this uh, little radio program in western Pennsylvania uh, are paying for it because the the American Rescue Plan included a $1.9 billion bailout, and some of that money ends up in the pockets of Daniel Douglas, the lifeguard who made 510000 But if that's the case, that the, the, the federal government is involved in this, this would seem like a pretty good question for Nancy Pelosi. Do you think anybody will ask her about this? I mean, I know that's not her district in L.A., but she's California and she's the Speaker of the House, and that's, I'm pretty sure the House of Representatives is where the money is, dis- is spent. This would seem like a pretty good question for her. I agree, John. Look, all appropriations bills at the federal level, constitutionally, they have to start in the House with Speaker Nancy Pelosi. I think she should be asked about it. It's her home state, and I know of no particular one-off example worse than a lifeguard making a half million dollars a year. Yeah, but um, what's what's the response that you got? I I know that you say that you have... Uh, there's been some media attention, um, may, uh, several outlets in L.A., but uh, do they, are, are the, are, is there outrage out there? Or are there anybody, you know, the talk show hosts jumping on this? Is, is, the, is the county being forced to defend it, explain it? Well, the lifeguards, they have their defenders. Um, so, you know, they're known in California as first responders. You know, being a lifeguard, they'll say, is not easy, although it sure is lucrative. You know, they're, they're trained as, as EMTs. They're trained in, in uh, special um, – they're, they're trained in special service. Uh, I'll read some of the, you know, the job description on them. Um, uh, you know, they pitched in during the pandemic. They, uh, uh, you know, some of – you know, they have to be heroes in certain circumstances. So, look, I, I did take a look at, across the country with the Department of Labor at the most dangerous jobs across the United States. And lifeguarding, you know, it's not on the list. Yes, they have to be heroes, and, you know, it takes a special person. But the number one most dangerous job in the country is actually truck driver. And we have a supply chain crisis right now. People can't even get baby food. And the truck drivers, I can tell you, they're not making a half million dollars a year. No. Well, they're not government workers, though. That's that's because the people are not... You know, when when the, when you're spending somebody else's money, you can p- pay it to a uh, five hundred thousand to a lifeguard. You know, when it's not your money you're spending. If you own a trunking company, hey, you're, hey. you might not want to spend uh, that on a truck driver. Well, that's a great observation and spot on. So, so here's a job description of some of the lifeguards. In some are EMTs and paramedics. Some are part of an underwater recovery team. They participate in diving operations. Some are marine firefighters with specialized training for fireboat operations. 
and some are on duty 24 hours at a time. So look, it, you know, some of these positions, they're not easy, but look, it's supposed to be public service. And, and here's a great frame. The very rare four-star general in the United States military, nobody in the country has more responsibility for millions of men and women, you know, underneath their command than a four-star general. Mm-hmm. On salary alone, their base salary is less than 200 grand. It's 197,000 a year. So look, if you got lifeguards in LA County making 500 grand, it's out of control on its face. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're talking to uh, Adam Angievsky of OpenTheBooks.com. I have a couple minutes left here. Um, and while I have you here, I have to ask you about the big party in Davos, Switzerland, where uh, this was on your website, where all the globalists and the communists go and their private jets every year to figure out how to uh, solve climate change and take our freedoms away. And I understand that I'm paying for that party, too. We all are. Well, you are. We took a look at the sponsoring organization, the World Economic Forum. You know, they charged $28,000 a ticket to this fancy conference in Davos. It was last week. A coveted badge is fifty grand. A membership to the World Economic Forum, it's supposed to be a public charity, and a membership for a corporation can cost up to $650,000. They don't need United States taxpayer support. Yet we found since 2013... The federal government put $60 million into the organization, the World Economic Forum, in the form of government grants for their programming. And this is a great example of welfare for the wealthy. They can't make the argument they need taxpayer help, and they should pay their own way. Well, are they, and the World Economic Forum is, as I'm pretty sure that the, the main objective is to take my freedoms away. Uh, that's how that's like, well, I mean, that's what they're yes, doing over they there. want to socialize all of yeah. individual freedom and liberty. And, and John, you know this. They advocate the Great Reset. Yeah. And as a part of the Great Reset, they fundamentally believe that government's failures to date aren't the result of corruption or incompetence. They're the result that government isn't powerful enough. And so they want government to tax more, spend more, and surveil citizens more. In other words, they want to socialize away your individual freedom and liberty. And once again, I don't care if they go over there and and, uh, eat caviar and fly around on their private jets and I don't know what else they do. Um, I don't care what they do until I find out that it costs me, I don't know, a tenth of a cent of of my earnings to pay for it. I don't don't want to pay for it. That's that's the, the big difference here, isn't it? Exactly. And so, look, the $60 million from working and middle-class taxpayers from all of us across the country that went to the World Economic Forum, you know, we broke that down by the second term of the Obama administration, about $27 million. $33 million from the Trump administration. Now, I'm sure Donald Trump didn't know that U.S. No. taxpayer money was flowing to this organization, but it shows you the power of the administrative state, the federal bureaucracy that whoever's the president, they still fund what they want to fund. Yeah, and I'm out of time, but we, uh, and I, I, this isn't necessarily your um, your area, but uh, I just think about how much of that 50-some billion dollars that's been sent to Ukraine, how much do you think, uh, how much of that has been wasted? And wouldn't you like to know where some of that's going? Or are you looking into that? Is that something that you would get into? Yeah, I mean, that's right in our wheelhouse. We've been so busy holding the National Institute of Health accountable. We identified $350 million on a hidden third-party royalty stream over the last 10 years. This has already led to senators yesterday on the Homeland Security Committee, spearheaded by Dr. Rand Paul, writing an oversight demand letter for transparency on those hidden royalties where they redacted individual payments to the scientists, and they redacted from the responsive record to us Even on our production from the federal lawsuit, we sued them with Judicial Watch. They redacted the name of the third-party payer, think pharmaceutical company. They erased it. And these senators are livid, and they want NIH to come clean with the American people. Well, I see. I hope something happens. You're doing great stuff out there, and uh, I could have you on here every day to talk about government stupidity. I appreciate you coming on, Adam. It's a target-rich environment, John. (laughs) It certainly is. Thank you very much. That's Adam Angievsky of OpenTheBooks.com. Check them out. We'll be right back.
With SRN News, I'm John Scott. President Biden going to give an evening speech on gun violence and urge Congress to take action. House follows deadly mass shootings in Buffalo, New York, Uvalde, Texas, and just yesterday in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Officials say the president will press Congress to pass new restrictions on guns to combat the epidemic of gun violence. Over the past few days, lawmakers from both parties have been negotiating small steps on gun limits. However, most Republicans oppose the gun safety measures that Democrats are proposing. Greg Clugston. Washington. The white man charged with carrying out a racist attack that killed 10 black people at a Buffalo supermarket faces arraignment. 18-year-old Peyton Gendron is due in Erie County Court this afternoon. That's a day after a grand jury returned a 25-count indictment. This is SRN News. Where are your family's old film reels, videotapes, and photos? Are they sitting in dusty shoeboxes and neglected bins at risk of completely fading away? Digitizing your aging media with Legacy Box is the safe and easy way to preserve and pass down your family's legacy. Simply send your Legacy Box kit filled with old home movies and pictures. Legacy Box does the rest, converting your moments to DVD or digital. Legacy Box has been trusted by over 1 million families and has over 10,000 five-star reviews. Be your family's hero. Unlock the memories trapped on VHS, camcorder tapes, and 8mm reels. Experience the joy and excitement of rewatching your wedding day, baby's first steps, and Christmas mornings. Feel relief knowing all those cherished moments are safe from fires and water damage. The Legacy Box Father's Day event is happening now. Go to LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to save 50%. Legacy Box is great for your family or as a gift for dad. That's LegacyBox.com slash LBOX for 50% off. LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. Our love is alive. Sometimes it seems like America has gone upside down. Sometimes it seems like everybody's lost their mind. Everything we believe in has now become wrong. And what the other side believes in is getting the best of us. Hey, when you start to feel that way, just remember, you're here listening for a reason. You're here because you know the truth, and so do others like you. It's through that knowledge that you learn how to fight this culture war. We have to fight it. We have to win it. AM 1250, The Answer. United We Pledge has partnered with Balance of Nature to help ensure traditional American freedoms exist for us and for future generations. United We Pledge is raising money to build an American Village West campus that will house replicas of key historic buildings and realistic portrayals of the men and women who helped shape this nation. This village will provide educational experiences for youth and families. To raise funds and bring awareness to this project, world record-holding endurance athlete Tom Jones is running 76 consecutive marathons from the original American Village in Alabama to the future home of the American Village West in Washington County, Utah. He will be powered by Balance of Nature Fruits and Veggies. Balance of Nature is proud to provide fruits and veggies in a Patriot Pack for a limited time to support this effort. A portion of the proceeds from each Patriot Pack will go directly to United We Pledge to help build this project. Use promo code VILLAGE to receive 35% off your first preferred order. Go to buypatriotpack.com to start your pledge to help preserve the freedoms we value. Join the Pirates on Saturday, June 4th for Faith Night, presented by He Gets Us. Gather your youth groups, church, friends, and family to watch the Pirates take on the Arizona Diamondbacks at 4.05 p.m. Then stay after the game to hear from Pirates players and coaches as they share how faith has impacted their lives and careers. Plus, receive a special message and short performance from Pittsburgh's own singer-songwriter, Chris Jameson. To get your tickets for Faith Night, visit Pirates.com slash faith. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. W223CS Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Looking at a lot of our highways tied up right now. Outbound 51 is really solid from Colerain Street to Old Clearton Road. Parkway East tied up both ways. Inbound 2nd Avenue to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Outbound Boulevard of the Allies to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Outbound 28. That's a busy ride from Route 8 up to Delafield Avenue. And the off-ramp to Delafield remains blocked with construction. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250. The Answer. Weather. We'll see partly cloudy skies for tonight. Expect a nighttime low of 51. A pleasant day for tomorrow with sunshine and patchy clouds. We'll reach a high tomorrow of 74. 
Tomorrow night, mainly clear skies. A jacket may come in handy late with a low of 51. Mostly sunny and beautiful Saturday. A great day to be outside. We'll reach a high Saturday of 72. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, if you know anybody who owns a restaurant or any kind of a retail store or business, they've probably told you how hard it is to find people to work. I gave you a couple of examples uh, at the top of the show that I uh, know of, uh, people I know who own businesses. So what's going on? Um, Joel Griffith is a research fellow for economic policy at the Heritage Foundation, and he joins us now. Thanks for coming on the show, Joel. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me. So when a restaurant owner told me, I mentioned this at the top of the show, uh, a restaurant owner told me about not being able to find cooks, servers, dishwashers. He had to, He's had to um, close his business on Mondays and Tuesdays after he has a very successful restaurant, been there almost 30 years, and the first time he's ever been uh, not able to be open for seven days. And so because he can't find, you know, cooks, servers, everybody. So I asked him, I said, where do you think the people are who used to do these jobs for you? Where are they getting the money to eat and pay rent? And he said, I don't know. Ask Joe Biden. That's what his answer was. So <laughs> what would Joe Biden tell him, do you think? Well, I'm sure he'd probably pass the buck to someone else. Uh, if you oh, look course, at uh, yeah. Biden's so-called inflation plan, he was touting the strong jobs market. And look, it's true. We have a labor shortage. We have more jobs available than there are people that are looking for work. And that's the key phrase here, looking for work. Because if you look at the actual total number of people in the labor force, those that are looking for work are working, we actually are close to 3 million people under where we would have been had things not changed during COVID. So next time you hear him talking about the tight labor, labor market, we should remember the problem here is that we've had millions of people that have just left the workforce altogether, and a lot of them are actually younger adults in their 20s. Uh, Joel, we're having a little trouble hearing you. You're, uh, we heard you okay, but I'd like to, I'd, I'd like to clean up the uh, the audio a little. Can we call you right back? Yeah, sure. Try, try to get a better connection. Thanks. We'll, we'll, okay. Mike will make the call now. Thanks, Mike. Um, yeah, that's. Uh, I, I I enjoyed that answer from him when he said to ask. I mean, it was immediate. He said, "Ask Joe Biden," because he can't. He couldn't figure it out either, and. Um, and I do see it's happening everywhere. I, I saw, I can't remember what pizza shop it was, a very well-known and very successful pizza shop up north of here that um, I think they closed. They either closed or they went, they, they had to shut down like two or three days a week. But uh, we got Joel back. Let's, let's try him again. There you are, Joel. Okay, we'll try that again. Sorry about that. Um, But now you sound better, I think. According to a report at uh, Heritage.org, as you said, there are almost uh, two jobs available for every unemployed worker. That would seem like a good situation for workers. So so how has this happened? How did it happen? And has it ever happened before that we've had, uh, like, two jobs for every worker? Yeah, we've got two jobs for every worker, and it's not necessarily because we have more total number of people employed what we've seen happen over the last two years we've actually seen millions of people close to three million people basically drop out of the labor force that's a big part of the reason why if you go to a bar or a restaurant or a store you've likely noticed a steep decline in service and that's because there are fewer people working and willing to work it's a big problem and our own government has made this uh, situation uh, occur. If you look at what happened early on during the pandemic, you had the government paying people more to sit off the job than on the job. A lot of people went ahead and actually stockpiled um, a lot of cash that took them months to actually draw down on. So they were able to basically live without working. Because now you've got this situation where uh, a lot of people are finding even if they do have a job, they're having to go into credit card debt just to pay their gas bill or other bills because the cost of living is increasing at a much more rapid pace than the increase in wages. So these are big issues, and this caused a shortage, and you probably saw some of the set headlines this week. There are tens of thousands of public swimming pools over the country right now that can't even find lifeguards to work, despite 
paying two and three thousand dollar bonuses this summer. It's interesting you mentioned lifeguards. In my my last segment, I had uh, the guy from um, OpenTheBooks.com, dot uh, com, and we were talking about the five hundred thousand dollar a year lifeguards uh. in L.A. County. Five hundred thousand uh, dollars one guy made with two hundred and forty thousand dollars in overtime. But uh, there are not too many of those jobs out there. Um, so, so these are jobs. I mean, when you're talking, but we're not talking about glamorous uh, careers here. We're talking about a job as a dishwasher or a, a cook, and not necessarily a chef in a, in a high class restaurant. Those are not jobs that people are killing to get, and and that, that they're even that thrilled to have. But so, what we're saying here is that. It's it becomes it's gotten to the point where there's no need for somebody to take a job that's yeah you know not all that much fun or doesn't pay all that much because they're 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 better off not working. Uh, how do you fix that? Well, uh, you got to fix that by only providing um, aid to those who actually need it through no fault of their own. And we've seen the exact opposite done over the last years. We've developed this habit even more so than usual of just printing money and having the government distribute that in those new funds across the board in order to curry political support. And it's not just Democrats either. Democrats and Republicans, many of them, came together over the last year and a half to send thousands of dollars of stimulus checks to families, whether or not they're actually impacted by the uh, by this COVID crisis. Uh, just as we saw millions upon millions of dollars of so-called paycheck protection loans that turned into grants to businesses. Um, across the country, and the intentions may have been good, but now we're suffering the consequences with inflation. And then, too, if you look at how we had our stock market pumped up and inflated, our stock market boomed during this crisis, and a lot of people decided, hey, we'll just retire early, and they cashed out, and a lot of those folks aren't coming back to work. And look, I'm glad people get to retire early. That is wonderful but not when it comes to the expense of future generations. That's what we saw over the last few years. We saw the Fed pumping up the stock market and allowing some people to cash out. Well, that's not how a free market system operates. Uh, we've seen the furthest thing from that the last two years. We're talking to Joel Griffith. He's a research fellow for economic policy at the Heritage Foundation. Um, what happened to summer jobs for high school and college kids? Is, uh, do they still exist? Uh, I remember back in the day, so I was uh, in high school about 20 years ago now, and I would mow yards and save the money and actually pay for my college tuition with that. And you see a lot less of that nowadays. Um, it's just a, the, I think, diminishment uh, of, of work ethic, and that's not just government's fault. It's also many parents who decide just to pay for their uh, kids' um, summer expenditures without having them really put any effort in. But something else that's a problem is you see minimum wages that have increased over the years. And once again, maybe the intentions are good, but minimum wages actually price people out of the marketplace. When you have a wage level that is set above what a person can actually contribute to a business, a business either goes under, they just stop operating, or they turn to higher qualified labor to fill those roles. And so because of that, in many of these cities, because of these minimum wage laws, you see it priced out a lot of people that don't have experience. And I think that's part of the reason why, too, you see fewer young adults outside of their teen years working. A lot of them did not receive the on-the-job training they typically would have received in high school because they were priced out of the market to begin with, and they didn't have a shot. Yeah, I, I had the, uh, the guy say to me that, uh, that owns a restaurant, he said, I, I can't pay a dishwasher 15 bucks an hour. I just can't do it. That's not a... That's not a $15 an hour job. That sounds sad because $15 an hour sure isn't very much. But $15 an hour at eight hours a day, that's, uh, that's, a, pretty good, that's a pretty good amount of, that's, what's that, uh, $30,000 a year? That's that yeah. 20, yeah. Yeah, uh, you can't. Oh, you're right. The, the, these restaurants overall, they're having a hard time meeting these um, surging costs. And those types of businesses, bars and restaurants, operate in such a thin profit. You might, if you, let's say you bring in $100,000 in a month, typically your profit margin will only be 5% or so. Yeah. You're talking about $5,000 profit on $100,000 of revenue. And when you see this surge, not just in the labor cost, but also just the cost of all the inputs of food costs, energy costs. Um, I, I, now, all of us have probably noticed what used to be a $13 meal, even at a 
fast food places costing us eighteen nineteen. I spent fourteen bucks at a McDonald's the other day. I think we got O'Hare. Yeah. And my appetite is big, but it's a lot more than I spent a year and a half ago. And for these mom and pop types of restaurants, putting a lot of them out of business. Yeah, and what will the effect of this be on prices uh, that have already been going up and services that have been disappearing? That they they have to keep going up, right? Um, yeah, and I think we're going to see a steepening in that. If you look at the uh, price index for consumers, it's up about 9% year-over-year as measured by our government. If you look at the price increases for businesses, uh, they, they go up in a producer price index, those prices have actually increased at an even higher percentage, closer to 12% year-over-year. And what that really suggests is that businesses have been trying to absorb a lot of these increased costs. Um, that's why you see their price hikes have not um, um, been as steep as their input cost increase. But now they're, they're running out of that cushion, and they're going to have to pass more of those costs on to us, or else they're going to go bankrupt. Yeah, I, I mean, if I owned a restaurant, I don't even know how I'd be. How would you be able to even keep your menu current? It costs well, money I, to print, a, re- print yeah. a menu, and and you know, when you, re- you 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 print one for April, and by May, it's that you're not charging enough. No, yeah, and you can't. If you talk to these restaurant owners, a lot of them are seeing those those inputs on, let's say, chicken or beef. These things are going up twenty and thirty percent just in the last few months. And uh, no, you're exactly right. They're, they're having to do sometimes weekly price increases. And, uh, you know, at some point, I think we're starting to see this now, at some point people just realize they, they can't afford to go out to eat as often. They do more of that cooking at home. And it just has a ripple effect throughout the economy. So, uh, what and, is and, you know, I want to add to this. The, go ahead. It's just that so much of this was avoidable. And we got to remember what the original sin was here of everything we're experiencing now. And that was the shutdowns. I know it's been two years ago, mm-hmm. but that's what triggered all of this. When you had our government criminalizing people from going to work, from opening their businesses, from traveling, that sowed the seeds of what we're experiencing right now. Well, who didn't think that that was going to happen? That, that you could just shut an economy down and it would just, you know, take a little 12 to 18 month break and just get back to normal? Who thought that was going to happen? Yeah, um, I think only those that were um, extremely inept. And, and unfortunately, we saw so many of our politicians um, just embrace that, just following the dictates, the dictates of these unelected health bureaucrats, people like Dr. Fauci that were, uh, didn't have the power to shut down the country, but they had the ear of many thousands of county health commissioners and mayors and governors across the country that listened to advice that turned out to not be just economically destructive, it turned out to be spiritually destructive, and it turned out to result in a lot of people having psychological problems and substance abuse problems that they would not have had were it not for the fact that our own government was trying to keep trying to force people to isolate. Um, it was bad all around. It was unnecessary. It was immoral, and in many instances, it was actually unconstitutional. Yep. Other than that, it was a good idea. Um, <laughs> we're talking to Joel Griffith. He's a research fellow for economic policy at the Heritage Foundation. Trying to figure out where these people are who can't be found by employers who are struggling to keep their businesses open because they can't find people to work. Um, Joe Biden's been out there bragging about Americans getting better pay and reducing debt. Who do you suppose he's been talking to to get that information? Well, I, it doesn't show up in the numbers. I mean, we, we can look at the overall wage growth and see that for many people it's about 5%. Cost of living increased about 10% year over year. That translates into, for a typical family, that translates into about a $2,500 pay cut. That's a lot of money. And for, for many families, it's even higher. I mean, if you're somebody who just bought a new home or saw their lease come up for renewal or had to buy a used car this past year, well, that $2,500 increase in the cost of living over the past year in real terms, oh, it's a, it can be $10,000 for some families. So I don't know who he's talking to because it's not showing up in the numbers. And we know the typical family has lost thousands of dollars in terms of real wages just over the past year. And we know that he's making it worse. And, you know, if you look at his, um, his uh, <laughs> op-ed in the Wall Street Journal the other day, he, he's now using a playoff, the transitory word that the Fed was saying, oh, inflation is just transitory. And now he's saying that we're in a state of, quote, transition. And he tried to act, he actually flat out said in this op-ed that as we start to experience slower jobs growth, that this is actually 
um, a symbol that we've actually achieved success. And they're the Orwellian. How is forward jobs growth an indicator that we're actually seeing success, especially at a time when billions of people are still dropped out and sitting at home? Yeah, and uh, you have a piece up at the Daily Signal uh, that seems to say that as long as uh, Joe's in charge, we should expect inflation to keep getting worse. It's not going to get better. And, you know, he's in there for at least another uh, two years. Yeah, well, if his policies get pushed through, um, without a doubt, this is going to make inflation worse. Um, he likes to boast about the fact that the uh, total deficit this year compared to last year is a bit less, but then he completely failed to acknowledge um, that the reason why it's less is that we're actually spend, we, we actually stopped some of that pandemic spending and these health bureaucrats actually allowed our economy to be open. This isn't magic here. This is just basic economics. Allow people to go to work. Stop threatening them with prison time if they open up the businesses. Well, they're going to go and they're going to reopen. So that's wonderful. But what he also failed to mention in this is that if he would have had his way, our deficit would have been far, far larger because he proposed numbers are so large, he proposed close to another $5 trillion of additional spending that would have all been borrowed. He's lucky that the Senate, most pretty much the Republicans, plus the one or two Democrats, blocked that spending plan, because if it would have been approved, these inflation numbers would have even been far worse. Yeah. Uh, Joe Manchin from down the road here in West Virginia might be, uh, he, he should be a hero around here, because he might be the reason why we things aren't worse. Um, but I mean, how, I got about a minute left, Joel, how, how high can prices for, uh, energy and food go before next January when the house and Senate, we hope, uh, could be controlled by the Republicans. And then how long is it going to take to reverse it? Uh, well, look, it, it's, it's, um, it, it's tough because we, we know it has to be done, but there's just no guarantee Congress or the fed will do it. If Congress refuses to continue these enormous spending sprees, and if the central bank does what they're supposed to do and absorbs some of all this surplus cash that's circulating throughout the economy, and if the Biden administration will stop its war on fossil fuels and if China and some of these other regimes will stop suppressing the ability of their people to go back to work. I mean, if you look at China, they're still shutting down cities supposedly to counter COVID. Yeah. If all of those things occur, then we could see some relief on the inflation front. The problem is, um, I, I don't know that, uh, these politicians deserve our trust to reverse the mistakes that they've made. Um, I'm trying to remain optimistic. Yeah. I can't say that I am. Are we talking about years of this, then? Um, it's going to take years to work through this. Even if we see these inflation rates come back down to what they typically were, it is going to take quite a bit of time for our typical pay to catch up with that gap. That doesn't happen overnight. Inflation goes back to 2% next year. Well, um, our, remember, our incomes have to catch up with all of the purchasing power that yep. we've lost. Hey, Joel, I'm out of time. I appreciate you coming on as usual. Thanks. Thanks for having me. All right, that's Joel Griffith uh, of the Heritage Foundation. We'll be right back. In 2008, I wrote the book, The Dumbest Generation. This is Mark Bauerlein. My first book chronicled the millennials who spent time staring at screens with extravagant hopes of a high-tech future. They were confident, optimistic, ambitious. Technology was to make millennials the smartest generation. In truth, it robbed them of faith, patriotism, history, art, literature, civics. The mentors didn't give them beauty and truth and greatness. Instead, millennials have looked for answers in utopian dreams of perfect justice and universal happiness that will only disappoint them. At age 30, they go for cancel culture. My new book, The Dumbest Generation Grows Up, From Stupefied Youth to Dangerous Adults, lays out the wreckage and shows how to rescue the next generation. If you'd like to learn more about my work, listen to my podcast at First Things Magazine, www.firstthings.com, www.firstthings.com. From best-selling author Mark Bauerlein, get the essential new book, The Dumbest Generation Grows Up, available wherever books are sold. Make a difference in your life that impacts you for years to come by traveling to Israel this year. Sign up today for the thrill and excitement of visiting the Holy Land this November with nationally syndicated media host Dr. Sebastian Gorka and renowned author and filmmaker Dinesh D'Souza. Visit StandWithIsraelTour.com for details and to register. On the tour, 
You'll step into history with mouth-watering cuisine, picturesque scenes, and magnificent people while visiting over 40 iconic sites and sacred places you've only read and heard about for years. Pray at the Western Wall in Jerusalem, float in the mineral-rich Dead Sea, and take a boat onto the middle of the Sea of Galilee as you experience something transforming in your life. Call 855-565-5519 to reserve your spot. Again, visit StandWithIsraelTour.com to book your trip today. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. So here's a story for you, and this is uh, this is something that I uh, this is something that just kind of bothers me here. Uh, there's a guy named David Garcia. He was arrested uh, for driving under the influence, and he hit an eight-year-old boy on his bicycle last Friday. Uh, the, the boy's name is Nolan Thomas, and uh, he was riding the bike in front of his house, and Garcia ran into him. The kid was uh, taken by helicopter to Children's Hospital. He has a concussion. He's going he's gonna to survive, but he's got multiple broken bones in his leg and his foot. Kind of a tough day for, uh, for a, what was it, a nine-year-old, eight-year-old kid. Here's what I don't understand. This story is a nothing story. I, mean, it's, I, I saw it on one of the local station's websites, and they all had that, and it's, it's out there. But with all this talk about safety for kids in schools, and with all the talk about uh, parents who are afraid when they see their kid get on the school bus headed out to school because they think that there's a chance that their, their innocent eight-year-old is going to be shot by somebody who comes into the school with a gun. The chances of that happening are about one in 600 million. But do you know how many people are out there riding around drunk and, and could – put it this way. How much more danger is your son or daughter in uh, uh, who's riding uh, his or her bike out on the street? How much more danger are they in of being hit by a drunk driver than they are of – going to school and having a horrific um, incident like the one that happened in Texas happened to them. Uh, it's, it's thousands and thousands and thousands more times likely that they'll have the problem with the drunk driver. So here's my thing. Where's the outrage about this guy riding his bike and hitting a kid? And this guy, David Garcia, if he's found guilty, he should get five years minimum, minimum in prison. I'd say 10, actually, but I'll go with five for hitting somebody while he was drunk. But this story will just go away, and there'll be no hysteria about it, and there should be a lot more of it. I'll talk to you tomorrow. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.